Prophetic uh, represents gifting, right? And 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 what we need to go is what we need to know is <laughs> we submit to authority, not to gifting. We submit to authority. We submit to authority, not to gifting. And so I want to ask again. It's like I'm just. But for the prophetic, <laughs> prophetic amongst us, right? Um, understand that, and I, I'm, I'm trying to because I think that is the language, or not the language, but just to make it clear, that authority does carry a higher rank than even the gift of prophecy or the operation of prophecy. And so the prophetic, in that sense, always comes and need to know it lays it, yeah. Right? And then the grace and responsibility within is to where to release, where to hold back. And I want to ask for those that are prophetic in this time. Um, I just pursue unity. Pursue unity. Right? Um, pursue working with authority in this time. That's just what I want to say. And then, is it, is it Elsa? Mm. It is Elsa. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I, 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 I looked back and I, I saw the lady <laughs> with the brown, more so, I don't know, the, the, the color. My wife loved it because I'm so terrible with the colors. But, um, um, and I said, oh, I actually have a word for this girl. And then I said, but I know her. <laughs> so, I, you know, I feel that in this certain situation, you actually feel stuck at the moment, you know, and um, it's like uh, um, sometimes we find ourselves in, in positions, you know, I don't know, relationally or, or, or work or just situationally feels a bit stuck. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the classic Lazarus come out, you know, Lazarus <laughs> go out. But the Lazarus wasn't free, you know, it's like, and then Jesus says, I'm tired of guy, you know. And, and I feel like even in the trying to figure out how to get unstuck and how to get completely free, is the Lord that is like, Lazarus, you better get out of that. And the Lord then just tell the guys around, just, just not tired about it, just free, you know. Now I feel like it's what, you know, this how do I get, you know. I feel like the Lord is saying, you will do it. And I'm just thinking, and I, I, I didn't initially have the sense, but it, it, thinking of Lazarus, there was a part that Jesus says to people around him, you know, help and high. Uh, just even to allow them where there's that, the people will help you untie and you know, free. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. Do a bit what you see fit. <laughs> yeah, and then it's interesting, you know, it's like picking up on what God has been doing for the meeting, actually. Um, I think it's uh, kind of tying up of, of, of what I have, actually, for you guys. So, so, so let's see. Um, I actually do feel that there's a bit of a, a shaking. Um, where's the word of the Job, Job and the Saul? 
where was the they there go, you know, and um, some of the thanks that's heading our ways. Um, and, and I think it's, it is such a big part of our Christian life, you know. That is, look, if you've been here in Christianity and you've never had the tank charging at you, probably tomorrow. <laughs> you know, if you've never had, like, some of the Job experiences, look, it's, it's coming away. It's part of our Christian experience. And it's, it's, it's sometimes just a... How to process it well and how to understand it well. It's, it's important. Um, David, David throughout the Psalms would, would, would speak of our salvation, the rock of our salvation. We'll speak of God as our rock. But also when he refers to our walk with God as a rock. Why? You know, why, why would the, uh, uh, Joseph choose to, uh, sorry, David, the psalmist used to refer to our salvation, the rock of our salvation. Because something of how the nature of our salvation looks, something of the nature of how a people looks that is walking with God, is like a rock. You know, they, they stand firm. There is a consistency that is not that is not subjected to the winds and the waves of this world. And, and, and usually for me, if I see how Christians are journeying and how they're growing, I'm not so, so interested in how high the guy can peak when he's joyous, you know? It's like no drugs can come close to what this guy has experienced. He's flying. But it's just amazing how quickly he falls, you know? For that type of walks of the Lord, you know. And then Jesus is teaching us how to come more and more firm and stable in our walks with Him, right? And so I, I, I have a little verse in Hebrews 6, verse 19, where um, it's actually speaking about, it says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, you know, what, what it would say there is uh, the principle of this. I feel a little bit of the teaching thing in me, so I feel like the need to bring context the whole time. <laughs> so, 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 so the thing is, I don't know if, if you guys ever want to go into the holy place in the presence of God, right? How many of you feel that your heart is sometimes going with like some days I had a great day, you know, I prayed for some people. I've been just at such good I've actually worked up my quiet time. I've uh, I've done what I used to do and there's a certain confidence. I mean I'm one of Jesus' favorite children. <laughs> I mean heaven has been waiting for me and yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I've just not had a good day. I've messed up. Oof, and my heart is suddenly not feeling to come so close to the Lord. I feel far. And he says, but we've got a sure hope by which we enter into the presence. <laughs> it's not a hope that is. You know what's the useless hope? It's my works. You know what's the thing that's disappointed me more than anything else on the face of this earth? It's me. <laughs> and luckily, the hope is not built on me <laughs> to qualify me to stand before the presence of God. That's no anchor. But the anchor 
a sure anchor that anchors my soul to go into the presence of God is Jesus. And you sure work. What an anchor. Right? Do not sway. Then I feel like the most holiest child in the world. Then I feel like the devil. Then I, you know, it's like, got this anchor. Right? That's a principle of an anchored people. Now, I have a, and I, I've seen how Jesus would walk that journey out with people, right? So I, I had a, had a uh, many years ago, we, we were in, when we were in Wellington, we were leaving a farm, and there was a, a lady there. She, she had quite a tough life, actually. She's uh, um, husband several marriages, and then a son that she really loved went into, I mean, severe drug use. Like, in my times of seeing people, I've not seen anything so, so, so It's like a real childlike faith as well. And being with her around her, she's just like, well, oh, Jesus, would you please take my kid out of drugs? And I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't work like that, you know. You want to leave it. Like a miracle. God delivered that boy out of drugs. Guys, uh, um, actually working for the church. I mean, it's like as 180 as you can get. Come on. It's like next time I'm coming. I don't know, I just want to go in the hospital. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just doesn't work. Like <laughs> you know, it, it's just a matter of months and here comes this perfect guy. It's almost too good to be true, you know. And that's just been my journey with this woman, you know. She's been in the farm and it's just like, oh, that's this terrible thing happening to me and it's just been really really tough, I'm just kind of stuck in this situation, but Jesus will take me out. And every time she says that, there's something in my heart that's going like, this doesn't work like that, you know? <laughs> and every time, the next time, I'm she would come and she's like, you guys won't believe it, Jesus did it again. And after a while, I was just like, every time she prays, I just at some stage like, alright, I just don't know, it's probably going to happen, you know? And then, and then it did. But, there was something that I felt about her in the journey that at some stage Jesus will take her deeper. So it's interesting, you know, with Paul, he had his troubles. I don't know what the trouble is. He just said there's a trouble. Paul's the thought. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, I've got this problem. I'm not, I'm not able to fully serve you. few things. It's just difficult in my life here. Would you please take it away? Nothing happens. Now for Paul, that's a life crisis. I prayed and nothing has happened. I mean, that's never happened to him. Yeah. I prayed a second time. And again, it didn't happen. Yeah. Sometimes I have to with one ounce of prayer a year. Paul, one ounce of prayer and his life is shaking. <laughs> it's like second time, it's not happening. Third time, whoa, there's something serious for you all. Jesus, what is the issue? Jesus says, for my grace is sufficient for you. See, no longer do I just want to make your life around you better. I am your life now. I am your stability. I am your joy. And it's shifted for Paul in so many ways that in some ways, Paul would have wanted the thorn to go away because life would just settle again. But this time Jesus says, like, no, I want to make you a place of man that is, that is circumstance-proof. <laughs> No matter how circumstantial the situation is, you're firm. And so Paul, now I will teach you that I will be your rock of your salvation. 
So this lady, coming back to her, she um, comes to us and said she has a terrible situation at her job. Her boss is he's like outright slandering her. Like it sounded like he would come into her office space and just say the most terrible things about her. Just like a bully, like an outright bully, you know. And it became unbearable for her. And she she's like, okay, can you guys pray for it to take away? It's like say old, say old, you know, it's like, I put the store, let's let's just take it out, you know. And so it's like, alright, let's pray. It's like Shepherd next week. He did it again. And so this journey kind of went on, you know, where and so for her at some stage the only way to get out is she needs to get out of the circumstance. And that's how we deal with this. When it's uncomfortable, I get out. And I said to her, and we, we then for, for the first time came to her and said, like, but what if Jesus is not the one that makes your circumstances better only, but Jesus is the one. Jesus is your security. Jesus is your joy. Jesus is your peace. And it, it, it took a long while, you know, to, to get that concept around until at some stage she settles on this. Jesus, whether he bullies me or not, Jesus, whether this job is continue to suck, if this is where you want, I will find my joy. I will find my peace in you. So she get this. It was amazing. She settled in it. And for the first time, she goes back to the job. It's amazing when it settles in your heart, then suddenly the job is also a bit better. <laughs> and so she settles this in her heart. I'm not going to look for perfect work situations anymore. You're enough. I don't care where I'm at. And so she goes, she goes back to this job that Monday. Finding a peace and finding a joy in God. And that Monday morning, as usual, the boss comes into her office. And he comes into her office. And this is the story. He comes into her office. She's not looking to him anymore to change. She's finding her peace in Jesus. But he comes into her office that morning. And as usual, look at her with his eyes ready to shoot. And as he's about to shoot, suddenly his tongue gets stuck. On his palate. <laughs> he goes, and he gets such a fright because he suddenly can't get a word out. Um, and he sits there, I mean, he's like, I mean, he's got a, the fright of his life for five, ten minutes. Until she had to go, like, whatever his name is, I think you want to go to the back office. You've got a meeting there. No. And he, and, he, and, he, and he moved out. <laughs> and from that day, he never once said anything else to her again. But the point is, the work that Jesus had to come and do was not to shift soft circumstances or situations. <laughs> the work that Jesus had to come and do is a work to come and, to come and settle in her heart. And it's, it's interesting, you know, I, um, 
With Jesus, He's our satisfaction, He's our joy, He's our peace. Um, but that would be the one point. The, the other thing in, in the position of um, why we do it, it's an interesting thing, you know, um, three times, three times in, um, in the life of Jesus in the Gospel, the Father spoke in such a way that a whole crowd of people could hear it. It's the only time that I've seen it in Scripture that it's happened. And it's the only time that I've ever heard anybody say it. I mean, it's the farthest, I mean, a little I've heard Jesus saying this, or the Father spoke to me this, but I mean, imagine now the voice of God coming to this room and He just like addresses the situation. It's almost, he's, He doesn't really go there. He doesn't really do that. He's got different means to do it. But it's like, there's some stages when something excites Him or moves Him so much that He almost, you know, Early days, I don't know if there's any big sports fans or rugby fans, but you initially, you know, you sit with your father-in-law and watch a, a rugby game or, or a cricket game, and then it's like, you, you, you want to behave, you know. <laughs> so your church is measured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Sometimes, you know, this happening something on the TV. <laughs> but it moves you so much, you know, it's, that for that moment, you can't, it's like, ah! <laughs> you know? And I think for the Father, there is something on the earth. His son gets baptized. <sighs> this is my beloved son, and my wife leaves. Like, <sighs> sometimes he gets a little bit muffed, you know. Peter doesn't get it. He builds a, he, he, Jesus appears, and Moses, and Elijah, and Peter is just so caught up in the moment, and he falls into the trick. That every church at all times at some stage fallen in. He wants to capture the moment instead of walking with Jesus. The exact advice that he got. And he said, like, oh, Jesus, let's build up. Let's camp here. Let's kind of capture the moment. Let's build a theology around this. You know, let's build a doctrine around this thing. And just get stuck here. And the father is just like, oh, this is my son. Hear him. <laughs> Don't capture an experience or a moment. Walk with him. Right? But the third instance is just before his crucifixion. <laughs> and Jesus is standing with a, a crowd of people. And he says, it's John 12. Maybe I'll just say, I, I, uh, John 12. And he said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servants be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled. He's, Jesus' soul is troubled. I can, I can explain to you why. He's probably just needs to carry the whole sin of the whole world at all time. And then he needs to be crucified on the cross. He knows that. It's one thing, you know, when I get to the eighth master in those days, and it's this unexpected heat. It's another thing that I know I've got an appointment with the headmaster in a week's time. And I sit that whole week knowing that I'm going to get a beating, you know. Jesus knows from the very day that he could kind of make sense that he's one day going to be crucified. And the reality of walking about around and seeing what it looks like when people are crucified. And that's the thing that he walks with his whole life. And he's about to enter into Jerusalem. 
where it's about to be the last moments where this is happening. And he says, my soul is troubled. I'm human. I'm God, but I'm human. And I've got this human experience now that my soul is troubled. What should I pray? What do you pray? My soul is troubled. Father, save me from this hour. But for this very hour I've come. Father, glorify your name. And the Father again. Oh, it's just so beautiful. I have glorified and I will glorify again. I know there's some jobs in here. <laughs> some of us are shaken in here. What is our prayer? And I know there is times where our prayer is for the Savior from this hour. Is there a prayer? What shall I pray? Father, save me from this hour? For this very hour I've I've not only heard this that God can get me out of situations. Father, glorify your name. Now that's uh, interesting. Paul is, he's as cutting edge as what it can come when it comes to the Lord's will. He's sent out on his apostolic journey. Right? And as he's journeying on this thing, God is summoning, that's what it says, the Holy Spirit prevents him from going further. Right? Goes here, and again, the Lord stops him. So what do you do now? Paul says, oh, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to, well, I'm going to sleep. I don't know, there was no bed to this on the floor. I'm going to sleep now. So while he's sleeping in the night, God reveals to him in a dream. A man from Macedonia calls him. Now, what you guys must understand, Macedonia was the opening up of what we would know Europe. This will be the opening up of the known world, of the developed world. If ever there was a key moment of the gospel to spread, it is this moment. And I see a man in Macedonia says, come over here, come over here. You think Paul is pretty sure he knows the Lord's will here? Are you pretty sure? <laughs> Not only am I in the scope of history, this is one of the key moments. I mean, all of the angelic, all of heaven is focusing on this moment. And Paul walks in for the park. So sure. I've got the will of God. I'm in the will of God. Hallelujah. You know how it is with the will of God. When you're in the will of God, everything is easy. <laughs> He walks into Philippi and there's this annoying, annoying fortune teller, you know, that's just shouting behind him the whole time. These are servants of the most high God. Paul just can't him, just get out. Not you, the demon. <laughs> and he delivers her from the demon. And uh, the owner of this woman. He's very angry because that was a means of his means of income. This woman that would be fortune teller. He's like, what the hell? I can't believe he's got the, the authorities involved. And before Paul knows it, he's in prison. Sitting in prison. Like, I was just like, how do you process, you know? It's like, I thought I'm like cutting edge in the will of God. No prison. How do you process that? Modern Christianity, Paul and Silas is in prison. There must be a demon behind this, maybe. 
Silas, when you're there in the Freemasonry. <laughs> I just. You know, it's like. Paul doesn't process it like that. Paul doesn't respond with trying to figure out where did the devil trick or where, where is it away. Paul's response is this, it's such a Washington God. Is it my Paul? <laughs> I mean, I would prefer a better holiday home for staying in the world of God, you know. And yet he finds himself in a prison. And he worships God. Why? Save me from this hour? From this very hour I've found Jesus. You are finally. And he worships Jesus. And at 12, midnight, earthquake, prison falls, walls falls down. What do you think? God has just provided an escape for me. Not Paul. What do you want to do? The jailer sees this and he wants to commit suicide. And Paul says, don't worry. We didn't move. We're right here. I wasn't even thinking of my escape. That's never the point. I'm driven by the word of God. And instead of seeing that as merely a way to get out, he's seeing it as how can the kingdom of God further. And he stops this man. And he says, no, don't, don't, don't. You're still here. This guy's just like, what are up with you guys? Why do you do this? And Paul leads this man to the Lord. And it's this first real family that gets saved in this community that then starts breaking up the whole new move of God. <laughs> and then years later, Paul is speaking to this church. What type of foundation do you think the church of Philippi is? It's like, don't tell them there's no suffering in the gospel. The very thing is founded in the people that's paid a high price to see the kingdom of God come about. So again, Paul writes to them. Oh yeah, he's in prison. <laughs> again. It's interesting, in a four-letter book, while he's in prison, he writes to them 13 times in four chapters. Rejoice! Again I say, rejoice! The old 60-odd, 70-year-old man is in prison like this, being treated horribly. But he's so full of Jesus. Again, I say rejoice. And then he says to them, guys, I've been in prison again. You guys have heard. But please, don't worry about it. This has turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Yeah. Because suddenly now that I'm in prison, there's a new boldness in the churches. People are going like, they're also afraid not to go to prison. But now they see I'm in prison, and that's okay. So now no one cares about it. There's a fresh boldness in the church that says, bring it on. I've broken something open to cast away the fear of persecution. And there's a boldness in the church to face persecution. Not only that, but since I've been in prison, the prison guard has got saved, and now some of the Roman high-ranking people are getting saved. The gospel is flourishing here, guys. So rejoice. You see, there's a different approach then to this whole thing. Now life is not just to find how God can take us out of difficulty, but there's a different position of our hearts. Jesus, let your kingdom come. Jesus, let your kingdom come. 
it's interesting for me, you know, in, in times where, I mean, it is so God's, so evident that this is God's will in times of scripture. And, and sometimes, you know, it, it didn't pan out as I would think of it. Like, for instance, this situation. I mean, can you think of a more, this is the will of God moment than Jesus being born, right? This has been prophesied for 2,000 years. And this is this is this is what it's all about. It's like the ping moment. Now, what's been prophesied is that Mary or this deliverer must get born in Bethlehem. So, the parents of this uh, um, this savior is in a different town of Nazareth, and so a prophecy goes out. <coughs> Earlier, he says the son of God will go to Bethlehem, will, will be born in Bethlehem. Well, there's somewhere a problem there. But God designs something, he gets the census to be made, and says, You need to be counted in the city of your forefather. They're both from the tribe of Judah, so their forefather is Bethlehem. They need to go to the city of David, which is Bethlehem. And so they need to travel all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be found for the census. No, to be found before the word of God. That's actually what's happening. Now imagine this. I don't know. I've never been pregnant. <laughs> but I'm sure there's some people in this room. This is equality, you know. There's some woman. Ah, people, sorry, people. That's been pregnant before. <coughs> I don't know. It sounds like when it gets to nine months, it gets quite uncomfortable. Now, if you've ever had that experience, I haven't, but I assume, you know, you would understand what I say. The travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem is about one day on the back of a donkey. You know what's pregnant. Imagine 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, just imagine that. You know, I, I mean, I, I haven't even experienced it, but I, I feel it's like it's, it's worse than driving on a I mean, all Datsun Bakke or always all the Susu Bakke for the Karoo. I mean, that's 20 times, 20,000 times worse. The back of a donkey for 24 hours, highly pregnant, nine months. It's about the clock. Now, you know, I'm telling you guys, the, 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 the spiritual activity in, in, in Bethlehem is pumping. It's like heaven and earth is just kind of merged. Angels are seen, many of them. Worshiping in the fields, shepherds. I've seen not one angel, I've seen a choir of them. Millions of them. Me. I struggle with exaggeration, you guys. <laughs> My wife pulls me in that movie. <clears throat> and, uh, um, and, and, and so I'm sure Joseph is going like, I'm smacking the book, God. To be honest. I have forgotten to book a spot for us in Nazareth. But I'm sure God will make a plan. I'm sure God will make a plan. So imagine it's like Mary is just like 24 hours in the back of this donkey. So she at some states go, Joseph, do you order for us a place to stay there? Joseph. God will provide. <laughs> so they're getting closer. Mary's like, Joseph, I hope you have sorted out accommodation for us on that side. 
like in Joseph is full confidence that angel will suddenly come out of town it's like you are the parents of the Savior he's getting closer Jesus please oh Jesus please God please Jesus God please <laughs> just send somebody so they get into Bethlehem he's just watching where is the angel where is our room? Where is the prince? Where is the king that's going to open up his house for us? So Mary is, all right, Joseph, where are we going? I've got this under control. Don't worry. Don't worry. And he goes to the first kind of bed and breakfast. Mary is waking outside, highly irritated <laughs> after a 24-hour trip. <laughs> Sorry, Mary, um, the place is booked. But don't worry, there's a place to offer it. And so Joseph goes place by place. What do you think? God, please make a way. It's so interesting for me. I would have thought like something so exact, you know, it just would have happened. But it never does. <laughs> and finally, David. Uh, Joseph gets to the last possible place and he goes to the guy and says, please man, just say anything. He says, sorry, fool. Anything. Well, at the back, there's a place amongst our horses if you want to go lay there. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Mary, listen here. I've got a place for us. I've got a place for us. You would be so happy. Where can I? It is <clears throat> just around the corner at the back amongst the horses. But yet, in it, in it, the beauty of God from years onwards would be revealed that this King, this Messiah would be born in a major, in a place where He did. And in that moment, we just like, God, I'm in your world. Why is this just seeming to, you know, it is, I, I, I don't know how to, how to, to say it. It's sometimes this that seems to be not, not easy. Why do I find myself in the prison? What up? It's all of these people have this attitude. Well, I don't know what Joseph and Mary's attitude was, was in this situation. But all of them have this attitude of, even though it doesn't seem like, I still trust God. Even though it doesn't, I still know that I don't know the end of this picture. I'm going to still trust you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for us. So I, it's just like in accordance with the words that has come out of this, of some of us that's just shaken a little bit, you know. And I, I want to say this, you know, there's a shaking that's taking place, like, like the Job's. But I think almost like that lady that I spoke of in the beginning, I think for some of us there's a shaking that's taking place as a shaking happened with Paul, that maybe this time Paul is not going out. Maybe this time Jesus is turning you to him. And that he will be your joy. And that he will be your peace. And so Father, I pray, and I'm not, we're not those that are praying without faith. We're not those that are praying without faith. We know you can remove thorns like this. 
But Father, our, our hope is not found in merely a thorn that's pulled out. The circumstances that is better. Because I, we know that our gospel is much more powerful. It is circumstance and situation uh, um, free. We find ourselves in you. You are our joy and you are our peace. But Father, I pray that even as you are shaking many in this room, I pray that they will come to you as their hope and their security. And Jesus, then all of us want to carry this fire in our Ultimately, Jesus, let your kingdom come. And even with the cry of save us from this hour, we want to above that say, glorify your name. And Father, if you want to use our difficult situation, if you want to use our shaking to glorify your name, glorify your name, glorify your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sure. encouragement. And isn't that just the beauty of community? I come and I go, deliverance. My brother comes and God says, courage. Isn't it beautiful? And I trust that this week, whether it's your turn for the deliverance, where it is the chance for us to show courage, I truly pray that the Lord will have his glory in every single one of us. So thank you. Oh, amazing, amazing. Go and enjoy your day with your families. Be blessed. I want to ask you, look around. If you don't see somebody that's here, send them a message, tell me about them, tell them they will miss you know, genuinely, you know who you haven't seen. We miss them. When they're not sure, it's not, we're not getting a head count. We love those that aren't sure. Send me a message. Love you. Missed you today. We call it you. Bless you as you may enjoy your Father's Day. Men, big up to each of you. You're fighting against culture. But with Jesus, all things are possible. So bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you on Wednesday as a community. Cheers, man.